Hi everyone, Matt here. The current book we're reading is Peter Pan and we started it in episode 15. So if you haven't been listening to the podcast so far, I suggest going back to episode 15 so that you know what's going on. If you're brand new to the podcast, I'd say go back to episode two where we read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and you can binge all the way from there. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. My name is David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we're looking at chapter six of Peter Pan, which is The Little House. The Little House, chapter six. Yep. Oh, I got it right this week. After a couple of weeks ago, just doing the same title as the week before because I was completely out of whack. Well, you must get, with all this editing you have to do, you must get confused with what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) don't know if I'm coming or going anymore. And I think like a lot of them seem to be about them about to going to fly and stuff. Well, I also think that J.M. Barry's chapters have not a lot to do with what's in them. His chapters are very, usually very vague, the titles. and Yeah, he gives us kind of a very broad brushstroke. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay, I guess I see how you got there. They're related. But a lot, a lot has, in, in two, like the last two, like loads has happened. Yeah. Like they're all, they're like their own little mini story. They are mini stories in their own right. So I guess if that, if that's setting a precedent for the rest of them, that's yeah. both Although, encouraging. I thought that last chapter could just be called Who's Who? Because <laughs> it's basically what it was. It was just the oh, these are all the people that we're gonna yeah, it was just, talk about. It was just like a it was just like a slow pan around all the characters. Yeah. Here's yeah. this person and this person. Yeah, they're hunting them, hunting them, hunting them. And that was basically the whole thing of the chapter, wasn't it? We had the Lost Boys hunting Peter, the pirates hunting the last lost boys, the Redskins, I hate using that word, but the Redskins hunting the pirates, and the wild beasts hunting I'm going to call them the Native Americans, hunting the Native Americans. (laughs) But we left off with actually quite a good cliffhanger where one of the Lost Boys has shot Wendy out of the sky with an arrow. Right in the chest. After, After Tinkerbell lured her and then told the boy, shoot it down, shoot it down. Peter Pan wants you to shoot it down. So hopefully we find out in this chapter if Wendy survives or... We find out what A and E is like in Neverland, and find out if there's any kind of healthcare or <laughs> have they got enough beds? Yeah, <laughs> that's where the, that's why we haven't met the crocodile. He's like the sister in the ward. <laughs> well, so we so we dive in and see what's happened to Wendy. Yeah, all right. Chapter six: The Little House. Foolish Tootles was standing like a conqueror over Wendy's body when the other boys sprang, armed from their trees. You're too late, he cried proudly. I have shot the Wendy. Peter will be so pleased with me. Overhead, Tinkerbell shouted, Silly ass dong! (laughs) And darted into hiding. The others did not hear her. They had crowded round Wendy, and as they looked, a terrible silence fell upon the wood. If Wendy's heart had been beating, they would have all heard it. Slightly was the first to speak. This is no bird, he said in a scared voice. I I think this must be a lady. 
A lady, said Tootles, and fell a-trembling. And we have killed her, Nip said hoarsely. <laughs> the shoulder gave exactly who was talking away. <laughs> it's like, tsh. They all whipped off their caps. Now I see, Curly said. Peter was bringing her to us. He threw himself sorrowfully on the ground. A lady to take care of us at last, said one of the twins. And you have killed her. They were sorry for him, but sorrier for themselves. And when he took a step nearer them, they turned from him. Tootle's face was very white. And there was a dignity about him now that had never been there before. I did it, he said, reflecting. When ladies used to come to me in dreams, I said, Pretty mother, pretty mother. But when at last she really came, I shot her. <laughs> like a true Mathia person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, we've chosen the right accent. Yeah. What's hilarious is that no one's blaming Tinkerbell. She seems to have gotten away with this scot-free. He moved slowly away. Don't go, they called in pity. I must, he answered, shaking. I'm so afraid of Peter. It was at this tragic moment that they heard a sound which made the heart of every one of them rise in his mouth. They heard Peter crow. Peter, they cried, for it was always thus that he signalled his return. Hyder, they whispered and gathered hastily around Wendy. But Tootles stood aloof. Again came that ringing crow, and Peter dropped in front of them. Greetings, boys, he cried, and mechanically they saluted. And then again was silence. It's quite interesting because it seems that Peter's lost boys are almost as scared of him as the pirates are of Hook. They both rule their band of men with similar tyranny. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he definitely feels like a... He's a dictator. Like he rules with an iron fist. Yeah. I'm back, he said hotly. Why do you not cheer? They opened their mouths, but the cheers would not come. He overlooked it in his haste to tell the glorious tidings. Great news, boys, he cried. I have brought at last a mother for you all. Still no sound, except a little thud from Tootles as he dropped on his knees. Have you not seen her? asked Peter, becoming troubled. She flew this way. Ah, me, one voice said, and another said, Oh, mournful day. Tootles rose. Peter, he said quietly, I will show her to you. And when the others would still have hidden her, he said, Back, twins, let Peter see. So they all stood back and let him see. And after he had looked for a little time, he did not know what to do next. She's dead, he said uncomfortably. Perhaps she is frightened at being dead. He thought of hopping off in a comic sort of way till he was out of sight of her, and then never going near the spot any more. They would all have been glad to follow if he had done this. But there was the arrow. He took it from her heart and faced his band. Whose arrow? He demanded sternly. Mine, Peter, 
said Tootles on his knees. Oh, dastard hand, Peter said, and he raised the arrow to use it as a dagger. Oh, God. It's getting into like, you know, he's got to have some kind of a punishment system. Well, I know, him, but it's it's harsh, a capital punishment. It's like in Game the of Thrones. Boys. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of respect for Tootles. Yeah, because if, 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 he, if he knew that, like, let's say this sort of thing's happened before and he was that sort of like ready to just kill someone immediately, you'd be like, oh, it was the man. It was uh, the pirates. It was Hook. Yeah, it was the, yeah, you'd definitely blame the pirates, wouldn't you? Tootles did not flinch. He bared his breast. Strike, Peter, he said firmly. Strike true. Twice did Peter raise the arrow and twice did his hand fall. I cannot strike, he said, with awe. There is something stays my hand. All looked at him in wonder, save Nibs, who unfortunately looked at Wendy. It is she, he cried. The Wendy lady, see her arm. Wonderful to relate, tell. Wendy had raised her arm. Nibs bent over her and listened reverently. I think she said, poor Toodles, he whispered. (laughs) She lives, Peter said briefly, slightly cried instantly. The Wendy lady lives. Then Peter knelt beside her and found his button. You remember she had put it on a chain that she wore around her neck. Did you remember that, David? Yes, I do. You did? Okay, good. He remembers it now you've told him. Last week he was like (laughs) complete confusion, blank face confusion on his face. (laughs) (laughs) It was a present, wasn't it? It was the kiss. It was the kiss, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because a kiss is some like ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. She gave him a thimble. He gave her an acorn cup. It was a thimble of her appreciation. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) See, he said. The arrow struck against this. It's the kiss I gave her. It has saved her life. I remember kisses, slightly interposed quickly. Let me see it. Aye, that's a kiss. So apparently that's a universal thing. That yeah, no, they haven't a got kiss a clue. No, no they're just, he's just pulling that out of his bum. Yeah, it's just one of those ones. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I've kissed a girl before. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was on holiday. You weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter did not hear him. He was begging Wendy to get better quickly so that he could show her the mermaids. Of course, she could not answer yet, being still in a frightful faint. But from overhead came a wailing note. Listen to Tink, said Curly. She's crying because the Wendy lives. Then they had to tell Peter of Tink's crime and almost never had they seen him look so stern. Listen, Tinker Bell, he cried. I am your friend no more. Be gone from me forever. She flew on to his shoulder and pleaded, but he brushed her off. Not until Wendy again raised her arm did he relent sufficiently to say, well, not forever, but for a whole week. <laughs> I love, I love that. that. That's, that's such a child, childish thing to do. Like, yeah, yeah, I hate you forever. Well, not forever, but I hate you at least until dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Imagine that in the Royal Courts of Justice. I sentence you to a, a week in jail. <laughs> oh, okay then. I mean, like, just for the experience. <laughs> Do you think Tinkerbell was grateful to Wendy for raising her arm? Oh dear, no, never wanted to pinch her so much. Fairies indeed are strange, and Peter, who understood them best, often cuffed, slapped them. But what to do with Wendy in her present delicate state of health? Let us carry her down into the house, Curly suggested. Aye, said slightly. That's what one does with ladies. No, no, (laughs) Peter said. You must not touch her. It would not be sufficiently respectful. That, said slightly, is what I was thinking. But but if she lies there, Tootles said, she will die. Aye, she will die, slightly admitted. But there's no way out. Yes, there is, cried Peter. Let us build a little house round her. They were all delighted. Quick, he ordered them. Bring me each of you the best of what we have. Got our house. Be sharp. In a moment, they were as busy as tailors the night before a wedding. They scurried this way and that, down for bedding, up for firewood, and while they were at it, who should appear but John and Michael? As they dragged along the ground, they fell asleep, standing, stopped, woke up, moved another step and slept again. (laughs) (laughs) What? Seems like a ripe palaver. (laughs) Yeah. John! John! Michael would cry. Wake up! Where's Nana, John? And Mother? And then John would rub his eyes and mutter, It's true, we did fly. (laughs) You may be sure they were very relieved to find Peter. Hello, Peter, they said. Hello, replied Peter amicably, though he had quite forgotten them. I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Not a clue who they are. Yeah. Well, they don't seem to have a clue as to where they are either. They're falling asleep and they're kind of trying to work out if they're in a dream or if they're, you know, still in still in the nursery. I guess if you wake up in something that you're very familiar with as like a like a go to dream, you must just wake up and be like, oh yeah, no, this is this is the dream place, and then you you wouldn't you wouldn't even you wouldn't even question yourself. But there are people that are active dreamers who can affect yeah. the things that happen in their dream. It's like so lucid it'd be dreamers, so funny, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if they're like they can go to the same place and it's familiar as going to like the high street. Yeah, and, and it's really like normal for them. They're like, oh, I'm just going to do some groceries tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing too major. I'm not going to do any pirate fighting. I'm just gonna. I want to learn to control my dreams. Why? So that I can shop in Tesco while I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had the most bizarre dream. They were two for one on onions. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Peter replied amicably, though he had quite forgotten them. He was very busy at the moment, measuring Wendy with his feet to see how large a house she would need. Of course, he meant to leave room for chairs and a table. John and Michael watched him. Is is Wendy asleep? they asked. Yes. John, Michael proposed. Uh, let us wake her and get her to make supper for us. <laughs> <laughs> she's just been shot. <laughs> yeah, but she's a woman, so therefore it's her job. That's true. <laughs> even even in a very sort of um, alarming state of health, it's like, no, get the get the stove on. Love. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? It's disgusting. 
But as he said it, some of the other boys rushed on, carrying branches for the building of the house. Look at them, he cried. Curly, said Peter in his most captainy voice. See that these boys help in the building of the house. Aye, aye, sir. Build a house, exclaimed John. For the Wendy, said Curly. For Wendy, said John, aghast. Why, she's only a girl. I don't like John. <laughs> John's taken after his sexist. father. He's a complete uh, misogynist. This is what happens when you're the first boy of a misogynist. Yeah. Because he's inherit. probably been basically told that he's the first child. You just inherit all of the patriarchy. Dad, exclaimed Curly, is why we are her servants. You, Wendy servants? Yes, said Peter. And you also. Away with them. The astounded brothers were dragged away to hack and hew and carry. Chairs and the fender fireplace first, Peter ordered. Then we shall build a house round them. Aye, said slightly. That is how a house is built. It all comes back to me. Peter thought of everything. Slightly, he cried. Fetch a doctor. Aye, aye, said slightly at once and disappeared, scratching his head. So Neverland does have a medical system. Well, yeah. clearly they understand the concept of a doctor. I don't know what the doctor's going to end up no, being. Exactly. It's a badger. <laughs> <laughs> With a stethoscope. Yeah. Is it, so they're, they're building the house around Wendy, obviously, but they're starting with the furniture and they're going to put that around her and then they're going to build yeah, the walls. Yeah, they're getting like firewood. It's like, do you need foundations or... Yeah, uh, they seem to be building, they're building the house inside out rather than outside yeah. in. They're going to furnish it and then put the walls around it. Maybe that's because they live underground and they've not actually got an exterior. They're not used to that bit, yeah. But they're not underground at the moment. They're building a house on top of the ground. No, but they're not used to having to do the wall bit. Their regular dwelling is is, is up Right, up. yeah, fair enough. So they're not used to, like, a facade. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure we're going to see some beautiful, like, brickwork. Or... But no. also, you know, there's a logic to it. If you like, you may as well furnish the room to work out. You know, making sure all, all the chairs are evenly spread. You've got enough room to play Twister and then put the walls out. <laughs> room for activities. Imagine if you yeah. built the walls first, then you're like, oh, bomb! It's too. I small. hope they measure <laughs> to see if there's enough space by literally swinging a cat around. Yes, <laughs> to ascertain whether there is indeed room to swing a cat. <laughs> aye, aye, said slightly at once and disappeared, scratching his head. But he knew Peter must be obeyed, and he returned in a moment, wearing John's hat and looking solemn. Please, sir, said Peter, going to him, are you a doctor? The difference between him and the other boys at such a time was that they knew it was make-believe, while to him make-believe and true were exactly the same thing. This sometimes troubled them, as when they had to make-believe that they had had their dinners, <laughs> That's, that oh, that must be where it. they get the, the famous hook the fa- scene the fake, from The fake food, yeah I love that scene It's one of the best scenes yeah, it is. In, in film, full stop mm. If they broke down in their make-believe He wrapped them on the knuckles Wow, you've got to stay in role in Neverland Yeah, he's a very strict acting coach Everything's <laughs> method yeah. Stay in character <laughs> <laughs> Yes, my little man slightly anxiously replied, who had chapped knuckles. Please, sir, Peter explained. 
A lady lies very ill. She was lying at their feet, but slightly had the sense not to see her. Tut, 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 he said. Where does she lie? In yonder glade. I will put a glass thing in her mouth, said Slightly, and he made believe to do it while Peter waited. It was an anxious moment when the glass thing was withdrawn. How is she? inquired Peter. Tut, 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 said Slightly. This has cured her. Oh, good. I am glad, Peter cried. I will call again in the evening, Slightly said. Give her beef, tea out of a cup, and a spout to it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I mean, medicine in this time didn't, so. <laughs> put like a pigeon on each foot or something, yeah. I think beef tea must be just, you know, bovril or something. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like, it's like a beef extract, isn't it? To be fair, I prefer that to leeches. But the cup has to have a spout. Is it like a, is it like a, a tippy cup like the, that toddlers use? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe it is a little sippy cup. So they've, they've, they're they've giving her bovril in a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after he had returned the hat to John, he blew big breaths, which was his habit on escaping from a difficulty. In the meantime, the wood had been alive with the sound of axes. Almost everything needed for a cosy dwelling already lay at Wendy's feet. If only we knew, said one, the kind of house that she likes best. Peter, shouted another, she's moving in her sleep. Her mouth opens, cried a third, looking respectfully into it. Oh, lovely. Perhaps she's going to sing in her sleep, said Peter. Wendy, sing the kind of house you would like to have. Immediately, without opening her eyes, Wendy began to sing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, dear. So this is a song. Uh, Mm -hmm. It looks as if we get a couple of couple of verses. It's just one of them now. And then there's some more later. I think this should be to the tune of Our House by Madness. (laughs) 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 Our house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I want want that kind of upbeat kind of poppy. Do it it for madness stuff. Yes, Yes, please. Okay. I wish I had a pretty house the littlest ever seen With funny little red walls and a roof of mossy green (laughs) That was the first one (laughs) Oh dear, good Check (laughs) Check, well there's some more to come come. I don't know if we're going to stick with the same thing but probably. No, 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 yeah, the whole thing Okay, great They gurgled with joy at this For by the greatest good luck The branches they had brought were sticky with red sap and all the ground was carpeted with moss. As they rattled up the little house, they broke into song themselves. Oh, so this is them singing a song. Is it still about the house? Yeah, it is, yeah. But then just, yeah, keep, keep it all the same. Okay, but they've got, they're, they're, they're gangsters, so I'm just going to have to make it mad, madness. Gangster madness. Gangster from madness. the Bronx. <laughs> We've built the little walls and roof and made a lovely door. So tell us, Mother Wendy... What are you want more? Oi! Is the oi <laughs> actually... Grab an oi, yeah. No, yeah. There, there, there is no oi. So oh, you added it. <laughs> I took creative license on that one. That's good. Uh, it, it's good to do that. You're adding your own touch. Thank you. <laughs> to this, she answered greedily. And this is her response again. So okay. I'm going to stick with... Yeah, good. Yep. Okay. 
Oh, really? Next, I think I'll have gay windows all about with roses peeping in, you know, and babies peeping out. Hey. <laughs> I feel like it's Oliver Twist. Oh, yeah. So it's got that kind of. I went a little bit too Victoriana on it. it. No, it's yeah. good. I'm enjoying it. With a blow of their fists, they made windows and large yellow leaves were the blinds. But roses, roses, cried Peter sternly. Quickly, they made believe to grow the loveliest roses up the walls. Babies? To prevent Peter ordering babies, they hurried into song again. We've made the roses peeping out, the babes are on the door. We cannot make ourselves, you know, because we've been made before. Hey! <laughs> so did they dream the roses into... They did. They didn't have any roses, so they just they made like, some up. I want roses, and then they go growing. I'd like... That'd be so good, wouldn't it? Like, you're at home, you're like, oh, I'm trying to make this bolognese, but we haven't got any onions. <laughs> I make believe red onions. <laughs> ah, yes. And can you make believe chop them up as well? <laughs> I love how your make-believe thing has just become ingredients when technically, surely, if you had that power, your imagination is the limit. You could just Im- imagine the whole bolognese, surely, rather than imagining the onions and then still having to make the bolognese. <laughs> Darling, I could make believe a palace if I wanted to, but what I'm tr- the point is they wanted roses, which is what they needed at that particular time, and that's what they had. Right, okay. So it was a make believe of convenience. This is a man who could dream anything and chose to dream going shopping at Tesco. So I think that's why we're. <laughs> you- Inception 2. Are you hungry by any chance? I'm not hungry, no, actually. Oh, because you mentioned onions twice, is all. That's not... Yeah, but if you were hungry, that's not what you'd be thinking <laughs> no, of. True. I'm just imagining David eating an onion like an apple. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> a, guy, a guy I went to school with did that. He was very unwell afterwards. And he couldn't get rid of the breath for like a week. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Peter, seeing this to be a good idea, at once pretended that it was his own. The house was quite beautiful. And no doubt Wendy was very cosy within, though of course they could no longer see her. Peter strode up and down, ordering finishing touches. Nothing escaped his eagle eyes. Just when it seemed absolutely finished. There's no knocker on the door, he said. They were very ashamed, but Tootles gave the sole of his shoe, and it made an excellent knocker. Absolutely finished now, they thought. Not a bit of it. There's no chimney, Peter said. We must have a chimney. It certainly does need a chimney, said John importantly. This gave Peter an idea. He snatched the hat off John's head, knocked out the bottom, the top, and put the hat on the roof. The little house was so pleased to have such a capital chimney that, as if to say thank you, smoke immediately began to come out of the hat. (laughs) No, I think that was just the science. (laughs) I like this personification of... What they don't realise is Tinkerbell's just like set the place to lie. (laughs) Was he he wearing a top hat? Yeah, yeah, I think I I recognise that from the the cartoons. John's always got a top hat. It said in the book, in when they in come from come away, come away, they uh, he grabbed a hat. So that that was a device for the plot, basically. Yeah, no they needed it. something to carry Tinkerbell in, so that's why he seems to have had that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I imagine like a sort of flat cap, 
So that's what I imagined her flying in, but there you go. That's probably just because of the uh, vocal choice we've gone for there. You've made a slightly more working class assumption. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, really and truly, it was finished. Nothing remained to do but knock. I'll look your best, Peter warned them. First impressions are awfully important. He was glad no one asked him what first impressions are. They were all too busy looking their best. He knocked politely, and now the wood was as still as the children. Not a sound to be heard except from Tinkerbell, who was watching from a branch and openly sneering. What the boys were wondering was, would anyone answer the knock? If a lady, what would she be like? The door opened and a lady came out. It was Wendy. They all whipped off their hats. Well, it wasn't going to be anyone else, was it? Clearly. I mean, they I built the house around her. It's not like, is it a magic trick where Samantha walks out? Like, what? <laughs> Who's Samantha? And it's sharing tales, <laughs> I, man. I don't know. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> she looked properly surprised. And this was just how they had hoped she would look. Where am I? She said. Of course, Slightly was the first to get his word in. Wendy, lady, he said rapidly. For you, we built this house. Oh, say you're pleased, cried Nibs. Lovely, darling house, Wendy said. And they were the very words they had hoped she would say. And we are your children, cried the twins. Then all went on their knees, and holding out their arms, cried, Oh, Wendy lady, be our mother! And she slammed the door. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm on holiday. (laughs) Oh, Ty, Wendy said, all shining. Of course, it's, it's frightfully fascinating, but you see, I'm only a little girl. I have no real experience. That doesn't matter said Peter, as if he were the only person present who knew all about it, though he was really the one who knew least. What we need is just a nice, motherly person. Oh dear, Wendy said. You see, I feel that is exactly what I am. It is, it is, they all cried. We saw it at once. Very well, she said. I'll do my best. Come inside at once, you naughty children. I'm sure your feet are damp. And before I put you to bed, I have just time to finish the story of Cinderella. In they went. I don't know how there was room for them, but you can squeeze very tight in the Neverland. And that was the first of the many joyous evenings they had with Wendy. By and by, she tucked them up in the great bed in the home under the trees But she herself slept that night in the little house, and Peter kept watch outside with drawn sword, for the pirates could be heard carousing. I don't know that word. Carousing. Is that, yeah. Mm. Or carousing? No, carousing. Carol singing. Carol (laughs) Carol singing. Yes, they were carol singing. (laughs) The pirates were carol singing. We have to avoid them. (laughs) I think carousing. Uh, the activity of drinking alcohol and enjoying oneself with others in a noisy, lively way. Mm. 
Gentlemen, when this quarantine is over, would you like to go carousing? Very much so. Absolutely. That's such a good word because it's like arousing, <laughs> carol singing. It's got a bit of rowdy in it as well. And the wolves were on the prowl. The little house looked so cosy and safe in the darkness, with a bright light showing through its blinds, and the chimney smoking beautifully, and Peter standing on guard. After a time, he fell asleep and some unsteady fairies had to climb over him on their way home from an orgy. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best moment in any of the episodes. It's more just because Josh read it and then it registered what he just read. It was like, oh my God, did I just say that? But that was the same, like, I was expecting on their way back from, I don't know, (laughs) drinking nectar or... It comes out of nowhere. Please tell me that has a different meaning. Good grief. A wild party characterised by excessive drinking and indiscriminate sexual activity. (laughs) Historically, secret rites used in the worship of um, Bacchus, Dionysus and other Greek and Roman deities celebrated with dancing, drunkenness and singing. So, historically... It doesn't have more like the sexy carousing. part to it. Yeah, it's it's, but it's it's got almost like a religious or ceremonial ceremonial connotation to it, rather yeah. than carousing, which is just a party. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm assuming in this sense it's the second one where it's yeah. a a secret rite of dancing, drunkenness, and singing, rather than <laughs> the fairies mm, going at uh-huh. it. Having a little bit of slap and tickle. (laughs) (laughs) Any of the other boys obstructing the fairy path at night, they would have mischiefed, but they just tweaked Peter's nose and passed on. End of chapter. Initially, we thought that Wendy could be dead and then we found out that she wasn't. But then the rest of the chapter after that didn't really further the storyline at all, did it? Well, they've built her a dwelling and they've started the whole mother thing. I guess there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I mean, I can understand, like, the, the, but the main bit that was significant was just the lost boys saying to Wendy, will you be our mother? I didn't feel like the house was necessary. It was a nice gesture. But it, it, gives, but... it gives her a status, doesn't it? Yeah. They're all down there and she's up. But I, but I, always thought, I thought of that. And I was like, gosh, it, she looks like a, it seems like she's a bit of a sitting duck. Because this seems like mm. a very dangerous place. But maybe you also, built house, like... they built the house maybe so that it was kind of more acceptable for her to be there because she's not lodging with the boys. The boys are in the bunker. She's in her own dormitory, as it were, with Peter standing guard. So maybe that makes it more socially acceptable. The fact that there isn't like, it's not co-ed. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like not being safe. Like, because if you think they're the reason they are, under a whole disguise as a mushroom is it's like a lair isn't it oh yeah she's just in a a house with a chimney with probably with sending smoke smoke coming out yeah like that's where i'm gonna be going if i'm a pirate you know yeah i mean but at the end of the day the pirates are trying to kill people with cake so it can't be that dangerous so um pull up lit charts again Lit charts. (laughs) i mean every week now boys it's gonna get more and more (laughs) I'm gonna gonna have to start putting like gun sound effects underneath this. So like, yeah, like yeah, rewind. Yeah, you do. The air horn. Is it, um... 
Tim, Tim, Tim Westwood on who used to do Radio One always had like a klaxon going off every two seconds. It was really annoying. <laughs> I think the main thing that's quite interesting with this chapter is is we get a, an insight as to how Peter dominates and functions within this land. Um, it's very significant, I feel, how he relates to the other boys and how that they there is a sense of fear there. But also the fact that there is this forced make-believe aspect to it where the boys are forced to use their imaginations. Yeah, and just such an interesting dynamic that you've got your, your captain, your leader, who is significantly less mature than the other boys who who seem to understand the difference between you know imagination and reality and yet yeah. and he who doesn't is the one who yeah who they follow who they choose to follow or they're forced to follow i don't know yeah but this this little extract here kind of gives some insight into that so peter does not see a difference between reality and make-believe because as one of the imagined creatures he himself is make-believe and as the island's main imaginer, Peter's powers of make-believe are greater than those of the other boys who, after all, do feel a little hungry after a pretend dinner. They are not quite as imaginary as Peter. They do grow up. So you've got real mortals existing in a make-believe world run by a make-believe boy. And so they are having to conform to his reality, which is make-believe, despite the fact that their bodies aren't really created or made for that right. scenario. Because he seems to be able to survive on imaginary food, even though earlier he was stealing food out of birds' mouths. Even then, he was doing it for them, wasn't it? He, I mean, I guess... He, he, yeah, he was doing it for the darling. He was mostly doing it to feed, to feed his guests. Yeah, so, so do we think the Lost Boys after hours are having to like hunt mice? And... Yeah. <laughs> because they're like, I, I literally need food. When Peter goes away, they suddenly go on the hunt and gorge themselves while they can. Yeah. yeah, they haven't got the heart to tell Peter that he didn't imagine them an imaginary toilet in their imaginary den. Well, yeah. So they're literally like, <laughs> but these I'm still they're... digesting food. <laughs> but these are the things. It's like, these are the realities of life that he would not understand or would not be hindered by in any way. So it's just quite interesting because last week it did say that when Peter Pan came back to Neverland, Neverland came alive. So he does seem to be the main conduit, as it were, for this, the life of this island. Everything seems to react or be affected by him and his presence. So he's the orchestrator, the conductor. Yeah, he seems to be I guess, the... so it's like... Is it it it's is it like the tree in the forest uh, thing? So it doesn't nothing's when he's not there, nothing's actually happening. Yeah, because he there's seems no concept to be like the battery or the power behind the island working, as it were. Is it a bit like on Sims when you when you <laughs> when you when you close <laughs> you it down? Put them in a room and you kind of imagine that they're still living, but really they're they're not really doing. They're not really they don't really start you know wetting themselves or. Or, or, oh yeah, or locking yeah. themselves in the in pool again. until you're logged back in. Yeah, yeah. That's what you think, though, Josh. <laughs> they're all they're actually all laughing at you. Yeah, probably. It's a new black. It's a new Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great Black Mirror. Yeah, where it turns out you're controlling a real person on the other side of the world. <gasps> They've done some they, sort of. They thing did a similar there. one. Yeah, the the USS Callisto one was like a bit like that. Oh, I've never watched any of them. Oh, they're so good. I mean, I'm it's, just it's a mixed bag. Some of them are like great, yeah. some of them not so much. 
So you could have one where, say, Bill Gates is microchipping people and it turns out that they then become real life droids for the Sims game. Ooh. But it is like, but like <laughs> it's, it sounds like we're going off on a tangent, but I guess Peter Pan is a sort of black mirror for those days because it yeah. is challenging the idea of like what is real and what isn't. Mm-hmm. What, is, is something we conceive something in our brain? How real is it? Is that is, is does that have formal function without us having any sort of like dreaming it up or not? Yeah. So I get like is that is quite valid. Well, also I'd say the things that aren't necessarily real can still have a very profound effect on the way that people act or the way that people think. Right. Yeah. Abstract Just things like- of ha- have such a massive influence on people's lives, or imagined things have such a massive impact on people's lives. You know what is real? Fairy orgies. <laughs> <laughs> so real. <laughs> the shock on josh's face reading that was just priceless <laughs> absolutely priceless oh dear so what are we looking at next week what's the what's the chapter next week right chapter seven is called the home under the ground okay so we're guessing we're back in the bunker well that sounds like the start yeah, of wind okay. in the willows mm. i wonder if um captain hook said his chance to make his cake and maybe this might be what the next chapter is because the risk in that plan was that the boys had no mother to stop them from gorging themselves now they do Uh they have wendy so maybe captain hook's big dastardly plan might become all undone because wendy's there to foil it for him yeah it was interesting that the first thing that she thought to do when they were like be our mother was get inside you naughty boys like that was the first yeah so obviously they're looking for that 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 structure and they're looking to be reprimanded so maybe uh yeah maybe that she'll be able to offer that in a motherly of... way rather than being stabbed in the chest with an arrow yeah yeah, a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the final piece in the puzzle the the one thing that did that make the lost boys now the most unstoppable force on the island is someone that will tell them not to eat too much food <laughs> <laughs> and now they are unstoppable <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a but, superhero film. Particularly because we've just found out that they don't get to eat. Yeah. If anything, Captain Hook's solving a problem for them by making yeah. them a cake because they're <laughs> finally going to get some calories. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Right. If you have any insights or comments about this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you want to drop us a wee line on Twitter, we're at Lazy Book Club Pod. And then do a little Instagram story and then you could put us in it and maybe you listening to the podcast at Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> Very long-winded way of Thank saying. Thank you. We hope you guys are enjoying the new book and please do continue to recommend us and spread the word in person. Uh, A lot of podcasts build their audience through word of mouth and through personal recommendations. So thank you very much to everybody who has been recommending. And if you are enjoying this podcast, then please do recommend it. And if you aren't enjoying it, why are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stop now. You just like being bored. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, I've already forgotten the chapter. What was it? The Underground. The Home Under the Ground. Next week, The Home Under the Ground. See you there. Bye. I had to get the last word in. <laughs>